Hey, Scott. Hey, Aaron. How you doing? Good. Are you ready to drink some beer? I am always ready to drink some beer. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 34 of West New York Brews. My name is Scott. I'm a home brewer just outside of Buffalo, New York. And on this episode, it is truly something special. It is the first episode of West New York Brews that I didn't edit myself, and that's because it was edited by Aaron from the Cascadian Beer Podcast. He has a regional beer podcast on Clear the Other Side of the continent and in Canada, so a totally different country. But we sat down on Skype and traded beers from our our, uh, respective regions. So he sent some Cascadian beers. I sent some Buffalo beers. So we sat down and talked about them over Skype. So please check out the Cascadian Beer Podcast at Cascadian.beer. All of them are really well done and extremely interesting. The disclaimer for this episode, everything that I say in this episode, I'm not looking up. I'm, I'm generally, I'm speaking off the top of my head. So if I got anything wrong, I'm very sorry. Please let me know, scott at wnybrews.com, and we can make it right in another episode. Uh, that being said, you can always find us, scott at wnybrews.com. You can find us at wnybrews.com at facebook.com forward slash wnybrews, twitter.com, so on, youtube.com, untapped. Don't worry about it right now. We'll talk again after you get to listen to this because it's a lot of fun with Aaron from the Cascadian Beer Podcast at cascadian.beer. Here we are. I'm Aaron. And and I'm Scott. And uh, this is a little weird. I, I must say, I've been thinking about this and I'm like, this is pretty weird. We're getting on a Skype call and we're just going to drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, well, yeah. What else are you supposed to do over Skype? Yeah. I'm sure people have done stranger things over uh, Skype. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> right. It depends on how, how heavy the beer is. We'll see what happens later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, all I could say is, uh, yeah, so we do have a, we do have a video going for us in the taping of this episode, but, uh, thankfully, uh, we're not releasing this video or recording it because I got a face for radio. So, uh, and I'm still in my school clothes. I, uh, I didn't put on my makeup tonight. No, maybe the next episode. <laughs> That's maybe, right. Maybe we'll the go next full video on that one. Yeah. Well, and by the way, if, um, I'd, I'd, I'd actually like to get some feedback if uh, people are listening to this um, and they make it to the end of the episode, what they thought of this, because this is a bit of an experiment. So they can email me at the tap at cascadian.beer or tweet me at cascadianbeer. How about you? At scott at wnybrews.com, Facebook forward slash wnybrews and Twitter at wnybrews. There we go. And you know what? We didn't actually introduce ourselves. How about you go ahead and start? Who are you and what do you do? Sounds good. So my name is Scott. I'm a home brewer. I do a podcast called West New York Brews, which we talk about the regional beers here in Buffalo. Try to focus on the brewers or the brewery owners, really highlight Buffalo beers. So not necessarily the actual beer, but the beer community more than anything. How about you? Yeah, my name's Aaron. I do the Cascadian Beer Podcast, a regional beer podcast as well. Yeah, much much like you, I it I don't focus on um, the actual beer itself. I go to these breweries 
and get the backstory uh, because I had a strange experience a few years ago when I went to a brew pub that opened up and they had none of their beer on tap. So I just got a bottle of something out of the <laughs> fridge and I saw the brewmaster there and owner brewing in the back. So I poked my head around. I'm like, Hey man, how you doing? He's like, Hey, great. Yeah. Just, just brewing. And I'm like, cool. So, uh, how long you been brewing? Oh, first batch right here. Nice. Oh, um, when did you start home brewing? Oh, first batch right here. <laughs> How'd you learn how to brew? Oh, I read a book. Ah, okay. Uh, how Depends you on the book, I guess. Yeah, how are you, how are you financing this thing? And he said, oh, I remortgaged the house. Wife's not that happy. <laughs> and uh, I went, wow, that's, uh, that's a very crazy story. So that one's just been kind of sitting in the back of my mind. And uh, I kind of want to, because I do that now. Uh, whenever I go to a brewery, I talk to the people there that run it and get the backstory. And I've met some great, interesting people and uh, had some amazing beer so far. That's it. But you can check me out at cascadian.beer. That's C A S C A D I A N dot beer. So that's my podcast. And that's uh, great. We connected through a Facebook group called uh, The Podcaster's Secret Weapon. Yeah. We can't share the secret weapon. We can't divulge what that is. No. No, but you can go to thepodcasterssecretweapon.com. I figured we should give them a plug. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So thanks, uh, Luis and Kamala, for uh, doing the uh, podcaster's secret weapon. Yeah, so we're on that Facebook group. Um, I got to give a shout out to uh, Roger Naren from Man Talks Podcast, who uh, got me involved in it. Excellent. Yeah, so they do a, a thing there where everybody shares their podcasts, and you write, you listen to it, you write each other in the group uh, a review. And I posted mine up there and you reached out to me and said, hey, I do a regional beer podcast as well. Yeah, right. It seems like a weird thing to say. Yeah. Like it's a regional beer podcast, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I understand exactly what you're talking about. Yes. Uh, so then we'd like, we got on a call. We said, well, why don't we send each other beer? Why not? You mean meet in the center of the country and exchange beer in person and then drive it back? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I did. I, I had somebody else do that for me. Yeah. So we have each other's beers from mm -hmm. the coast here, and we're going to try them in this episode. Do you, do you want to get right into it? I, I think we should, but we haven't decided who's going to go first. I no. think we should do this one at a time. I need um, beer to drink. So if yes. you want to talk first, I need to start. Well, okay. So here's the thing, though. We agreed that we'd send each other... Three beers. Now, I know yeah. I'm in Canada and you're in the States. I know there's that whole kilometers, miles thing. So yep. you ended up sending me four beers. I, I, okay, so here's the reason. I picked up 12 beers. So I'm looking at all 12. Like, what am I going to send? What represents Buffalo? And I'm, I'm thinking of it as a one-off shot. I need to give a good representation of what Buffalo is. And then as I'm packing the box with the three, it occurred to me, what if he's not sending 12 ounce bottles? I can't short him on this. So I'm, I'm like, I'm going to stuff a fourth in there. And I'm surprised that nothing came broken because that box was stuffed by the end that I handed off to the other guy, the guy in the middle of the country. But it was absolutely stuffed. And then I'm thinking, so what, like 22 ounces, 22 ounces, 22 ounces times the four, 12 ounces. One of them, I think, was a 16 ounce can. So I'm like, oh, let's at least a little bit closer. 
And even if we only talk about three, he still has another beer. But, you know, size doesn't matter. That's what they say. Yeah. A beer is a beer. But First of <laughs> we... all, you did send large beers, which is going to be uh, interesting. Yeah. Because here I am alone. So am I. And I want to get through them. Well, no, we, we're together on Skype. This That's is right. The... This is the little virtual connection here to beer. So we're going to open these one at a time. I actually have an order for you. Oh, okay. So, okay. But so I'm going to flip a coin. We're going to do this the uh, the gentleman's way here. All I right. got a coin here. Heads is um, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II there. Now, uh-huh. now look at this. This is, this is an authentic Canadian quarter. It's a special one. Tails is a full colored Canadian flag. Look at that. Oh, nice. Very nice. I'm going to flip this thing. Call it in the air. Heads? I didn't heads see the it flip. Is. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> heads it is. <laughs> I saw you do the motion. I'm like, I, I didn't see the coin. The Skype. So do I choose or do I go first? I'm going to say let's do uh, the Steel and Oak Red Pilsner. Okay. Now, Steel and Oak, I talked to them in episode four of my podcast. They do kind of traditional German brews, but kind of hybrid German brews where they are taking various styles and mashing them together so they do like a black lager as part of their flagship uh, the red pilsner is a flagship they just did a, a, a collaboration beer uh, with a german brewery where they superheated rocks and did the traditional lagering process nice i'm hoping this doesn't get rid of you on skype but it's very important that i untap this beer right you can do that on the desktop but i gotta take a picture of it oh right with my phone. I'm pretty sure I'm still on Skype. So I'm going to untap this and you can find my uh, pictures of the beer so you get an idea of the color, mm-hmm. people listening, mm-hmm. and my my overall impression of it at untap.com forward slash user forward slash WNY brews. Why don't you paint the listeners a word picture? A word? I'm not good with word pictures if you've listened to any of the episodes <laughs> of Western Europe Brews. I would say this is a dark amber skewing towards red. It says red pilsner. Yeah, this is this is a similar color to to an IPA to like a Sierra Nevada IPA on the description here. It says a light copper, a light copper is a really good. If I had the descriptive capabilities of this label, light copper might might be what I would say. It's a full bodied Pilsner with a floral aroma with uh, some notes of lavender and honey notes of lavender. I shouldn't have heard that. Spoiled it in my head now. Uh oh. See if I can get the lavender and honey. That's all I need. I just needed the photo. I'll untap it afterwards. All right. So, how long has Steel and Oak been around? Just over two years. That's really good. I'm a huge fan of Pilsners, and you're not adding strange flavors to it by changing the color. It's still really clean tasting. It still tastes like a Pilsner. I'm going to say it's a little bit, little bit more uh, brightiness to the malt than a typical Pilsner. I, w- I wouldn't say roasty at all, but, but slightly more grainy but not in a mouthfeel, <laughs> in a flavor profile. I would drink a lot of this. And luckily at 5%, I, I could. Like this is something I would drink as a go-to. Like I have a couple of go-tos in Buffalo that that uh, if if there's nothing new that I've never had, it'd be like, well, give me the Red Pilsner then. All right, do you want to go to the first one or? Yeah, yeah, I'll go to the first one. So I'm, uh, I'm picking the Fall Festival. The Fall Festival uh, with a lager from Ellicottville. Ellicottville is a small ski town uh, about half an hour outside of Buffalo. It is the birthplace of Ellicottville Brewing and, in a way, uh, Southern Tier Brewing. Because Southern Tier is out of Lakewood, but uh, Finn, who started Southern Tier with his wife Sarah, 
met at Ellicottville as Finn was the first uh, head brewer at Ellicottville when Ellicottville opened in 1995. All right. Southern Tier, I know. I've actually had a lot of Southern Tier, surprisingly, out here on the West Coast. And that's why I wanted to send the Ellicottville. Because the Ellicottville is almost quite literally the older brother right. of Southern Tier. But Southern Tier, right from their very beginning, had uh, tried to be a distributing brewery. So they went straight for distribution. And still, uh, Southern Tier will brew Ellicottville's things to be distributed. So the, the quick story, the guy who started Ellicottville and I, I want to say, the guy who started Southern Tier, I want to say also started Ellicottville, the father, the older gentleman owns a ski resort here in Buffalo, Holiday Valley. And they started Ellicottville and uh, Finn came in, the owner of Southern Tier, before owning Southern Tier, as the head brewer, brewed here, then went off to, I think, Chicago. He met his wife at Ellicottville and his wife's sister is married to the owner of Ellicottville. So they're all friends. It's all one big family. And I must say, this is a very, um, very gold kind of color to it. It's an Oktoberfest, the Martzen. Yep, it's so spot on. Oktoberfest. It's it, it's 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 really great. Very very drinkable. Five point six percent. I can't let the rest of this bottle go to waste. I don't know what I'm going to do. I was just thinking I can cap this and then recarbonate it in the next day or two and be happy. Right. I might do that. You going to share it with somebody? Probably. I take it to your because you're a part of a homebrewers club, right? Yes. Yeah, the Das House Brewers von Buffalo. All right. So first beer. We're not sponsored by Untapped, but uh, do you want to give an Untapped rating for it? Oh, I would. I would give it a three seventy-five to four. I'm getting a little bit of roastiness on the tongue here too. It's it's staying there a little long. Definitely have it again, right? Oh yeah, definitely would have it again. Jordan and Eric were. Uh, great to chat with uh in that episode so that's steel and oak brewing from new westminster in british columbia canada excellent episode four on my podcast and uh have you spoke uh to these guys no i've never talked to ellicottville in a formal sense okay need to get that happening my friend yeah right the other people i sent you though we've spoken to all right shall we move on to number two sure am i am i guessing i'm guessing Daggerad. the amber is next yeah yes so Daggerad Brewing from Burnaby, BC in Canada, Ooh. Uh, they do Belgian-inspired beers. This guy was backpacking many years ago in Thailand and met some Belgians there huh. and really enjoyed uh, his time with them and ended up going to where they lived in Belgium a number of times really loved uh, Daggerad Plots, which is this little public square with a bunch of breweries in it, some outdoor seating, a little park and everything. And that's what inspired him to come back and make beer. And so he got into home brewing to try and recreate these beers. That's really nice. I like this a lot. The aroma is great. I can't even pick up what's going on in here. It smells like a Belgian ale for sure and tastes like a Belgian. It's light. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit of banana to it, a little bit of hops to it too. Mm -hmm. I'm reading it here. Oh, perfect. Quaffable enough to drink at a hockey game. There you go. How Canadian is that? Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, we're a hockey yeah. town here in Buffalo for sure. We have two teams, and and the Sabers are are huge. So, uh, yeah, Dagobah Brewing has been open a couple of years as well. 
Um, they're known for their dagger ad blonde. When I was there, uh, it's a tiny little tasting room. You can, there's only like you have five seats in there. It's a tiny, <laughs> a tiny little, uh, but they're opening up, a like an actual tasting lounge next door, uh, hopefully by the end of the year, but you can order the stuff in the bottle or have it on draft as well. Ah. Uh, I believe what Ben does when he brews is he puts half of it in the bottle, half in the draft or some kind of ratio that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so I had the blonde in the bottle next to the blonde on draft, two completely different beers. It's amazing how they age differently in those two compartments. Hmm. I thought I'd send you the amber just for uh, something different. Well, if you were going to the second beer, going towards the Irish Red, that would be from Hamburg, who is coming up on their three-year anniversary. They Buffalo saw a, a, a boom in brewing in the past three years. So Hamburg, even though it's only three years old, is probably one of the oldest around here out of the 22 or 23 breweries that we have right now. Most of them are younger than Hamburg, with the exception, of course, of Ellicottville, which I don't know if I would count it as a Buffalo brewery because it's um, Ellicottville, which is, again, half an hour to 45 minutes out, depending on where you are. Uh, same with Southern Tier, which is, you know, an hour out in Lakewood. And then once you get into Buffalo, almost in order, you have Flying Bison, which you'll see in a little while. You have Pearl Street, which is not distributing. So I didn't it's not a distributing brewery. It's just a brew pub. Uh, so you didn't get their stuff and Community Beer Works, and then Hamburg three years ago, and I I bet I'm missing a couple in between, but not too many in between. Resurgence just had their two-year, and we're coming up on Hamburg's three-year. Hamburg is just down the street from me. I live in Hamburg, and it, I would call it my local brewery, although it's on a road that's not extremely walkable. So it's it's kind of a Kind of a busy road. Have you written to your local council to put in sidewalks? That'd be great. Well, I, I think our listeners uh, should write your uh, local town council. Yeah, there you and go. Say, and say that uh, that infrastructure needs to be upgraded and that sidewalks need to go in between your house and the brewery. Nowhere else. Just your house. Or and just it. like in, in Belgium, we can do a pipeline. But yeah, the beer pipeline. From Hamburg into the village of Hamburg. Right. Because I live in the village of Hamburg and they are just outside of the village of Hamburg. They are in an absolutely beautiful building. That's that's a lie. From the outside, it looks like nothing. From the outside, it looks it looks like a building. It's it's in good shape, but once you get on the inside, it's all wood. It's really nice. It's train themed without having train memorability everywhere. If that makes sense, because you know how like you walk into an Applebee's and there's stuff everywhere. Yeah. This is train themed with um, class is what it is. <laughs> You've got, you know, wooden everything, huge fireplace in the middle, and then a couple of model trains in display cases around the outside because it's connected to a model train room that one of the brewery founder owners um, relatives, depending on, on who you're talking about, because it's a father and son team. So the father's brother, the son's uncle, <laughs> uh, works on the trains. It's a huge, huge train layout. It's all O scale, or it might even be uh, G, G scale, garden scale. I think it's garden scale. Either way, my son loves trains, so 
he loves going to Hamburg Brewery. And he'll ask, Daddy, when can we go to the brewery again? Like, anytime you want, son. <laughs> we'll go to the brewery. Yes. The family used to own a cheese company around here, Sorrento Cheese. Sold that out. I think that was a nationwide company too, Sorrento. I don't know if you have Sorrento Cheese out there. Mm, don't remember. They sold that. And then the son was looking for something to do. Opened the brewery. Almost immediately was packed from people just looking for a local brewery, especially from Hamburg. Right. And being such a beautiful place, they decorate it really nice for holidays. Uh, they have a, a great patio. And on a day like today, I can imagine it was absolutely packed in there. This Irish red from Hamburg, lovely, lovely color on this, like a deep copper. It's a good example of an Irish red. This is just excellent. If I were trying to convince somebody or if I were trying to, to really knock somebody's socks off, like you've never seen this before, mm -hmm. the Irish red is not what I would send them. Right. You know what I mean? But if you're looking for an Irish red, the Hamburg Irish red is, is a phenomenal example of it. Right. And our water around here in Buffalo is is great for, for brown ales and Irish reds and that. Okay. This Irish red is um is pretty excellent. It's a little smoky. There's like a little bit of a smoke to it. I don't think they're using any actual smoked malt in there. No, 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 but it's like a there's like a little little something. Okay. Well Hamburg is a, a um farm brewery mm -hmm. and will do what they can locally. They host Farm to Pint every year and have good relationships with the two maltsters that I had on episode 28. So there's a good chance that, that a lot of that is local. Local malt, they're growing hops at Hamburg. I don't think they're using them, although I, I could be wrong. Yeah, this, this is delicious. I'd, I'd have this all day, every day. And it tastes like it's a lot heavier of a beer, but it's only 4.8. Just delicious. Thanks for that. All right, well, are you ready for three yet? Or uh... I'm ready for three. Okay. Global Mutt. The Global Mutt from Wander Brewing um, in my hometown of Bellingham, Washington. So my beer podcast is about Cascadia, which is the Pacific Northwest here, which is British Columbia, Washington, and Oregon. Uh, so I, I got a lot of territory to cover, but uh, this is the area that I grew up in. And uh, it's just kind of, it's kind of a project of uh, me kind of reconnecting with my homeland, as it were. Um, because I've lived overseas for a number of years. Wander Brewing in Bellingham. Bellingham has had a huge beer explosion. We now have more breweries in Bellingham per capita than Bend, Oregon. Nice. Is it like per capita, though? It's like we have 15 people living here, so... Well, I mean, it, it, is, it, is, <laughs> it is kind of small, but um, I think now they open number 11, so uh has just opened up. So this is the Global Malt. Um, this is a, a Baltic Porter. Um, it's won bronze at the Australian International Beer Awards. It won bronze medal at the Best of Craft Beer Awards. Did the silver medal at the Brussels Beer Challenge. I think it even won at JBF. Huh. Okay, it says a Baltic porter brewed with coffee beans, cocoa, and chocolate. Mm -hmm. And all of those things are coming out. Yeah. It's got a little bit of a bitterness to it, which you would expect with, with the chocolate and the, yep. the coffee. American barley and hops, African cocoa, local, ch local chocolate, coffee beans sourced direct from the farmers in Brazil, magically blended together. I like it. it sounds like Lucky Charms. This is really nice. This is from the brew team, uh, Chad and Colleen, husband and wife. Uh -huh. They traveled the world together, wandered around, and that's where Wander Brewing comes from um, to some extent. I talked to uh -huh. them in episode seven. They moved to the Pacific Northwest. They really like Bellingham, um, and they were the fourth brewery to open a few years ago. Uh, right when um, things started kicking off for all the breweries that have been opening up there. So they haven't been open that long in the grand scheme of things, but they're kind of considered veterans. But they, they do so many great beers there. One of my favorites that they do is um, 
the Uncommon California Common. That's a nice. that's a great go to beer. Um, I love the Global Mutt as well. That's just a uh, it's just it's just a great beer. You know what this whole experience feels like? It's it's like when you're sitting with somebody and somebody pulls out their phone and says, "Have you seen this on YouTube?" Right, and they bring it out, and then they yeah, show it. Yeah, and the other person goes, yeah. "Oh, have you seen this on YouTube?" That's what this feels like. But I, I like this. I mean, like, I was thinking about this, and I'm like, "Man, this is really weird." That what <laughs> what we're going to be doing, just calling each other and trying e- each other's regional beers. But um, no, like, I'm I'm quite impressed with uh, everything so far, and glad glad you enjoy it. Uh, so you've got my favorite coming up next, but I, I want to talk about the Global Mud some more. I would drink this in the morning. This would be my morning beer. Right. I'm not saying I have an, a morning beer because <laughs> I teach. I'm an elementary school teacher, so I don't actually have a morning beer. Well, I don't know. Maybe some days. Some but days. <laughs> during a Bills game, yeah, because uh, they start at 1 o'clock over here. So tailgating starts a.m. Normally, it'll start the night before, but it'll start at 6 a.m., 7 a.m. You need a breakfast beer, and, and this would easily be the breakfast beer. It, it doesn't taste – I'm going to call – uh, KBS, um, gimmicky. It doesn't mm-hmm. taste gimmicky. There's no syrup to it. There's no, no bacon flavors to it. No breakfast flavors to it, but yeah, no, it, it does the same in flavor that, that I like my coffee to do slightly bitter, not too bitter. It's nice. The Pilsner is still my favorite of the three. All right. What am I opening next? You're opening up 42 North. All right. Now 42 North. I'm excited about this one because it's in a can. It is. And there's been some opinions online in the last few days that I've seen in the beer scene about um, how East Coast IPAs are starting to take over. Yeah. In terms of popularity. I don't know if I would call this an East Coast IPA. Okay. Would you would you put this under like a West Coast style or the East Coast style? I would put it under a West Coast style. I, I don't know if Clay would, would say the same thing. Clay is the head brewer over there, the chief brewing officer, the CBO, but it's, it's an American IP. I don't, I wouldn't, I would call it more towards West coast than East coast. So tell me about 42 North. So the name comes from the parallel that we're on, uh, the latitude and being a Douglas Adams fan to know that I'm living within the 42nd parallel makes me really happy. The hitchhiker's guide reference. We used to be a hop growing region in New York state at like the turn of the century, not 20th, or not 21st, but 20th. I believe, I might be wrong, but I've got the book here. Buffalo Beer, The History of Brewing in the Nickel City by Ethan Cox of Community Beer Works. Anyway, we were, we were the, the leading producer of hops in the country prior to Prohibition, when either because of production going down, farms went out of business, or something happened to crops, we had a drought, just didn't come back. So people are starting to grow hops again around here, but they are paying homage to the parallel that we are on as a brewing destination. Also have been and still are a uh, grain city. Being on the Great Lakes with the Erie Canal, being a, a port in the early 1900s where things could come from the ocean to the Great Lakes, grain was huge here. We have grain elevators littered throughout our city. Uh, the grain elevator was invented here in 1914 by Joseph Dart. I think 1914. Should look that up. I used to do the tours for the uh, <laughs> for the uh, waterfront. <laughs> so, so your hops went away, and us here in Cascadia have kind of taken oh, yeah. that over with the Yakima Valley. Right. So, uh, 
Yeah. I mean, to put it one way, I have I have cascade hops growing in my garden. I don't have buffalo hops. I don't have <laughs> trying to think of any mountain ranges we have around here. We don't have any mountains in Buffalo. Boston Hills hops, I suppose. Well, does uh, anybody have seeds from those original crops? That's a really great question that I got to ask somebody. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. And find some hop growers to ask that exact question. That's a great question. On the malt episode, Bob Johnson was talking about a local hop plant where he is that's been growing for over 100 years. Maybe you need to call up those guys in Svalbard at the World Seed Bank there and see if you can uh, get some seeds if they have it. Yeah, right? Yeah. I can't imagine. That seems like too long ago, pre-prohibition. There's strange things in people's attics. There might be a mason jar full <laughs> filled true. with it, you know? So, yeah. It's true. Stranger things have been found in attics. Yeah. All right, so I've I've cracked the can on this thing. The entire room just smells so floral now. Yeah, this is my favorite IPA. Oh, is, is forty two months. This this smells fantastic. And Clay Keel, who um, is the chief brewing officer, was brought up here. Forty two North has only been open for um, I think it's going on two years now, or it will be two years this winter. He was brought up from Tampa. He grew up uh, with a winery in the family. Uh, his dad was was a uh, winemaker and grape grower. So then they branched off into beers, into doing beers, and they opened up a tap room. And if you go down to Tampa, and the next time I go to Orlando, I'm going to see if I can find some. I can't remember the name of the the beer, but I'm going to see if I can find some of the beer because it's it's his beer, but he's no longer brewing it. So they brought him up here. And he's real. it seems like, and I don't want to talk for him, but it seems like he's really focused on, on doing beers very well. Not that experimentation isn't important in 42 North, but if you're looking for the blueberry wheat, that might not be the one from 42 North. They're going to make sure that they have a really stellar Pilsner, that their, their process is correct, that they are really testing it and making sure that it's, it's a good beer. And I got to say that this, this, this is an excellent, excellent IPA. I haven't had a so-called East Coast IPA, but I think this would go into the category from my understanding is it's meant to be very tropical fruits. Yeah. Very, um, very juicy, yeah, <laughs> as it were. And, that, and that's the thing about this beer. Nothing hangs around too long, but it's very easy to drink. So It's not cloudy. No. I think there's a number of late hop additions. I think they still get a good amount of the bitterness from a from a bittering addition. But it, but the bitterness isn't overpowering. No. No, certainly. And again, it's my favorite. Mm, I can see why. And I was really happy that they started canning it. Oh yeah. Borderland IPA. And at the tap room, every once in a while they have an oak uh aged version of it. Ooh. Which is not aged for long. Yeah. But it adds a little bit a little bit of other flavors to it. It mellows it out a little bit, mm -hmm. which is really, really nice too, but it's still really tropical yeah, and, and fruity. So we've done three beers there. You know what? I, th I think uh, out of the three that I've tried here from, from Buffalo, I'm going to have to go with the Irish Red as my favorite. Hmm. I'm going to let Johnny know. Yeah, there you go. I'm going for some more Pilsner. Because that, that's your overall favorite? That's, that's what you're going for? Overall favorite, yeah. The Red Pilsner. Again, it's light. I would drink a lot of it. But we have a bonus beer. You sent you sent me a bonus beer. We do, because uh, I have 22, 44, 66 ounces, a little bit less than 66 ounces here, so I wanted to make sure that you got something similar. Mm -hmm. And I sent you the Bicentennial Double IPA, 
which admittedly I've never had. Ooh. So this is going to be an experience for both of us then. It's from Flying Bison. So Flying Bison was started by Tim Herzog, who also started one of the oldest homebrew clubs in the area, if not the, uh, the Sultans of Swig. <laughs> and I've had the opportunity to... <laughs> that is such a great name. Right? Such a great name. I've, I've sat down and I've drank homebrews with Tim, Tim Herzog, and he pulls out his uh, notebooks, just notebooks and notebooks of recipes and notes on, on things that he's made. And he eventually started uh, Flying Bison. They are one of the oldest breweries here in Buffalo since the last of the prohibition, because Buffalo was a huge beer city, a huge German beer city uh, with a big German population. The first, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Business ever in Buffalo was a pub back in the 18, early 1800s, which was burned down. This is a nice Pilsner, which was burned down during the war of 1812. Oh, okay. That's a great question. So you're out in, on the West coast, the war of 1812, is that something that gets talked about? Yeah. You, you need to learn it for a okay. week. Okay. Yeah. Because it's it's yeah. kind of a big deal around here. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. We we have several other conflicts. Yeah, right? Out here. Yeah. Like yeah. the Bund, uh, Clive so. and Bundy and them. Well, the whole uh, Louisiana Purchase. and oh, the Louisiana Purchase? Yeah. The Louisiana Purchase, uh, you know, did the whole West West Coast there and the Oregon Trail. Oh. So. There was a video game. It was dysentery. Oh, yeah. I always hated that when playing Oregon Trail. <laughs> always the dysentery. And then you get to a damn river, too, and then you go a little too deep yep. nope. with, the, uh, with, with the cart there. Wipe you out. So, so did, you, did you taste it? Let me know how it is. Oh, yes. This, I mean, it's, it's an excellent, excellent double IPA. It's 8%. Doesn't even taste like it. That's good. Which is, um, which is scary. The, the first thing that comes to mind when I'm, I'm having this, um, it's like, uh, it's like hard candy. Ah, okay. So like a, like a lemon, a lemon candy, like a lemon hard candy, Huh. not Jolly Rancher flavor, but like, you know, like those generic, like lemon lollipops kind of, yeah. Kind of thing. Okay. Now I'm curious. Now I got to pick up a bottle. Yeah, you do. Um, but this is why I don't review beers on on my show because yeah no me neither I, I just sound like a lunatic so <laughs> so yeah flying bison uh, the picture on there of the mustache the mustache yes is a Tim Herzog thing it's like a famous mustache if you look up Tim Herzog okay it's his it's his handlebar mustache yeah all right H E R Z O G of flying bison. That's that's his facial hair, and it's it's iconic around here. I wonder if he's ever tried to shave it. I it, I struggled what to send you because I wanted to send you. They have a Vienna Lager, mm-hmm. um, the Rusty Chain, which is is probably my favorite just drinking beer. You know, similar to a Sam Adams, but better. Yeah, and I like Sam Adams. I'm not digging on him, but I like Rusty Chain more. Um, and their Aviator Red, which is another red beer. What what is the town motto? Of uh, Buffalo. We're the city of good neighbors. All right. Bellingham is the city of subdued excitement. Is it really? <laughs> yep. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anything that has subdued in it, it's like we are this, but not not so much. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Which, which kind of explains the character of things in the region 
in the surrounding region. But uh, yeah, I'm, I think I live up to that as well. The city of subdued excitement. So Excellent. Uh, Buffalo is the city of good neighbors and I'll, I'll stand by that anytime. We look out for everybody. We have snowstorms frequently. Seems like maybe every two to five years we have a huge one that shuts things down for a while. Everyone's out there with their snowblowers. They're checking on their neighbors. They're doing other people's driveways. If somebody, we have benefits all the time here for people. You walk into anywhere and there's posters for like five different benefits. Come to this benefit. This person is sick, needs help with medical expenses. Nice people here. Well, uh, thank you very much. Well, yeah. Well, no, thank you. I mean, these, yeah, these, these have been some excellent beers. And I mean, I think we were we were sending some messages back and forth saying, you know, we thought we were a little conservative mm-hmm. um, with our picks. But uh, I think next time, I mean, I, I don't know. Do you want to do this again? I want to do this again. Yeah, I went with, I tried to go with older breweries, mm-hmm. like going chronological, with the exception of 42 North just being my favorite IPA. I went with um, breweries that I've spoken to. Yeah. Kind of flagship beers from them. Yeah, that's the, the those were my picks. Excellent. So, so I think next time when we do this, uh, we'll just have to go crazy. Yeah, sounds good. We'll do the go, sours. Go for, yeah, we'll do the for the fences. We'll do. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Scott. No, thank you. Thank you again to Aaron for all the editing and all the work that you put into this. Uh, you can check him out, Cascadian Beer for the Cascadian Beer Podcast. Again, it's great. And they are really interesting. I highly recommend that you go check them out. So you can find us at WNYBrews.com. You can find us on YouTube for our new Review Tuesdays, where I'm reviewing homebrewing equipment every Tuesday. I've so far reviewed the Fast Ferment and my kegerator, the KRS 2100. This week, it's going to be the Carb Cap. On Tuesday, look forward to that on youtube.com forward slash WNY Brews. We are on untapped.com forward slash user forward slash WNY Brews. And please, if you don't mind on iTunes, leaving us a rating and a review, I'm going to read one of those. We are reading Beer is Life. Five-star review by Heavy Driver. It says, I love it when hosts go the extra mile to bring you along for the ride. Scott does a great job taking us on-site to breweries to talk with the great minds behind them, giving you a well-rounded perspective. Keep it up and stay thirsty. Uh, I do try to get to as many breweries as I possibly can, and I don't always record. A lot of times I'm just hanging out at breweries, and that's great too. Um, I will see you on the next episode of West New York Brews, where I'm talking to the people up at Brewed and Bottled in Lewiston. Once again, thank you to the Rearview Ramblers for the use of their song, You Can't Buy a Beer with Condolences, for our closing theme song. We're going to close out on that. Check out their album, Buffalo Americana. And I'll see you on episode 35. Thank you for listening.